East to Germany. My name is Brian Treneman. I am the director of the DAAD Information Center in Malaysia. And with me today is our senior consultant, Itzhak Idris. He is an alumnus who studied at one of our universities of applied sciences in Germany. It's, what was it? I always tend to forget. Was it uh, Offenbach, Offenberg, Offenheim, Offenau? Which city was it? <laughs> that was the University of Applied Sciences, Offenburg. Oh, Offenburg, that was it. My goodness. I can't really understand why I keep on <laughs> mixing up these cities all the time. It's a little, a little bit like, like Damansara here in, in the Klang Valley. How many Damansaras are there in Klang Valley? Do you know? Do you have a number? It's probably like 10 of them, I think. Exactly. At least. Um, so you studied uh, process and um, environmental engineering in Germany. And um, uh, later in uh, following episodes of our podcast, uh, we will also explore a little bit um, uh, what's, uh, how you made it to Germany. And then uh, with this also, um, you will share your experience and um, how to make it uh, to Germany. Um, so this is going to be um, our, um, these are going to be our topics in this podcast, talking about uh, how to go to Germany, how to make it to Germany, how to survive there um, in general as an international student, also, how to survive there as a Malaysian, in particular as an Asian. Oh, yes. We can also look a little bit into what it means to be a, um, a Muslim um, living um, in Germany. And we do we are doing this um, all as representatives of the DAAD. It's What's the DAAD? Uh, the DAAD, I should know this. Uh, it is the Deutsche Akademische Austauschdienst. So it's a bit of a German tongue twister. But if you translate that one into English, it's just the uh, German Academic Exchange Service. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. And uh, what's uh, what's the purpose of the DAD? I should know this as well. Uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> if I'm not, I've done it for two years now. Uh, it is actually to promote higher education in Germany. Uh, so it's a worldwide organization. You can find us in almost every country, at least there's one representative. And so we're very much like the British Council, except we work for the German Ministry of Education. Mm, exactly. Um, um, and the DAD, um, just to add a little bit of information here, is the biggest funding organization worldwide for academic collaboration and uh, mobility with an annual budget uh, in 2019 of uh, almost 600 million euros. And with this, uh, research projects are funded, uh, the mobility of uh, students and researchers um, to meet each other and also collaborations between um, higher education institutes around the world. And as it's mentioned correctly, um, we have um, offices um, or information centers um, around the world in uh, almost all the countries around the world um, to um, provide uh, an access point for anyone who is interested to find out more about study and research in Germany. Um, Ince, what do you think? Are we fit to do the podcast? What is your opinion? I, I think so. I hope so. That's uh, <laughs> that's our job, eh, Brian? That's <laughs> I think true. we shouldn't be able to know how to do this. I think uh, it is more than uh, qualified first because um, he has been studying um, in uh, in Germany himself. You have been studying in Germany yourself and uh, you studied engineering, as we already mentioned. So you know firsthand what it's uh, like to, to study abroad in Germany in particular and to go through all the experiences that we are going to elaborate 
in this uh, podcast. So what we are going to do in this podcast is um, to address a couple of topics um, combined with uh, um, studying in Germany or doing research in Germany and um, also to um, uh, shed a little bit of light, so to say, on um, a couple of uh, cultural things actually that uh, um, give a better understanding of uh, what Germany is, what Germany is all about. Um, so we have, um, uh, we prepared a couple of uh, um, topics uh, for you for the following episodes. Um, today we will start with uh, why is education free in Germany? This is a question that uh, is always um, asked uh, when we um, uh, promote a study and research in Germany. Uh, we will look into um, um, the reasons why to study in Germany, how to make it to Germany, how to find the right study course, how much does it cost in the end uh, to study in Germany, um, how to survive in Germany, so to say, um, and how to survive as an Asian. And along the way, we will also uh, find most likely more topics actually that we can uh, discuss in uh, in our podcast here. But today we would like to start off everything with uh, personal experiences um, because uh, it's you are an alumnus and I would like to know from you um, when you went to Germany for the first time, uh, what was your first mind-blowing experience arriving in Germany, maybe in the first couple of days, in the first couple of weeks, things that you just didn't expect to occur there uh, that completely blew your mind? I think the first thing that blew my mind was just how cold it was. Uh, I arrived there during the winter semester, so the winter semester in Offenburg that started uh, at the beginning of October. So I got to Germany about two weeks before the semester was supposed to start. So around the middle of September, it's really getting a little bit colder. Um, the summer wasn't so long that year. And I remember just that biting cold, especially at the train station once you arrive at the airport. Have you been properly prepared? Did you, didn't you know about this, that there's, <laughs> there, there are four seasons in Germany? I did know. I should have known better. Um, because um, a little bit about myself as well. My family was actually in Germany when I was younger. Um, but when I got there the first time, I thought, well, September, you know, it's it's not that far from summer. It shouldn't be that cold. But just the temperature difference between Malaysia and Germany, that was already about 10 degrees Celsius, I think. Mm. Uh, are you familiar? I suppose by now you're familiar with uh, the German saying, there's no bad weather, there's just only bad preparation. Are you familiar? Are you familiar <laughs> with this saying? No, I wasn't actually. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it up, Brian. I could have used that. <laughs> you should have known maybe that about before. Fifteen years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and speaking of of actually uh, weather, uh, um, I noticed when I came here to Malaysia for the first time um, that small talk usually um, um, pivots around uh, food. So uh, while the phrase here in Malaysia is "Have you already eaten?" Uh, just as uh, to kickstart some small talk, um, in Germany is always going to be the weather. Everybody wants to get more information. <laughs> about the weather is it something you also experienced and and uh um, experienced as being a little bit odd compared to malaysia uh, yeah i think uh especially uh, just as you said malaysia really really recenter everything around food i think even in germany though just warming up to the people can take a bit of time uh, but what i noticed was the further south you go in germany where it's warmer people tend to talk a little bit more whereas the further north you go towards the border with uh I think it's uh, Denmark. The, the colder it gets, I think people start talking a little bit less. 
So there's actually less small talk. Everything is done a lot quicker. Um, I think maybe that has something to do with the temperature. That's why Malaysians, uh, we tend to talk a lot and we tend to eat a lot. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, this is actually my first mind-blowing experience. Oh, no, it was the, the, the second or third uh, mind-blowing experience when I came to Malaysia. Uh, we went uh, to the Hard Rock Cafe on the first weekend, uh, partying a little bit, and uh, drove back to, to Shah Alam, where um, I've been living at that time. And um, our um, host, uh, a dear friend of, of mine in the meantime. Um, so after the clubbing, he took us to Bangsa um, to a, a cafe and two o'clock in the morning, everything was still open. And we, we had, I don't know how this food is called. I mean, at two o'clock in the morning, we don't have a name for, for this type of, uh, of meal um, for, for this time. We just sat uh, uh, there and and enjoyed a little bit of I don't know what it was a little bit of nun some chicken of course and uh, but I never experienced having having food at this this early hours actually after after the clubbing so that's Im oh, yeah. impossible in Germany isn't it so uh, not really uh, I think if you're a student and and you you're done clubbing there's always going to be food somewhere mm. uh, I think the last kebab stand closed at like 4 a.m. Oh, and okay. uh, especially if you go around the train stations, you can find at least one kebab stand open. Mm -hmm. uh, but usually you get the last ones and they're no longer that fresh. And the next morning you question whether or not you're going to survive the rest of the day. <laughs> and it's also not uh, something where you just sit down and, and uh, um, relax. Uh, it's, it's basically takeaway food, isn't it? It really is takeaway food. Um, I think you and I both listened to this uh, one German podcast, Gemischtes um, Hack, uh, mm -hmm. and they, one of the life hacks that they gave was uh, to take your Döner Kebab home with you and eat it once you reach home mm -hmm. instead of eating it on the street. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so back in Germany, seeing as how I was the Malaysian one and tended to cook a little bit more, I remember that after we came home from clubbing, I'd be the one cooking the nasi goreng for all of my German roommates, and they go crazy over it. I reckon so, because German students are not really this advanced in their cooking um, uh, expertise. Uh, I would say that they really enjoyed someone uh, preparing food for them and, and then also Asian food, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. You add on some sambal olek on there and then they go crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so the takeaway from from your first mind blowing experience is um, really make sure that you bring along uh, the proper clothing. Um, I think there are a couple of stores that you can also find here in uh, Kuala Lumpur uh, where you can get a proper winter gear. So that shouldn't be too much uh, of a problem. So even even in October time, it can can get quite uh, chilly and crisp. Is that correct? Oh yes, very true. Mm. I mean, if Malaysian October, we're probably around. 30 degrees celsius and i think in germany it can dip down to about 10 maybe mm -hmm. so that's really a 20 degrees uh, difference yeah, yeah yeah i spoke with my with my parents last week and um they told me that at the moment it's uh, or it's, uh, the last time we spoke it was minus 16 degrees during the night and minus six degrees during the day um but this is uh, uh exceptional i would say uh usually um, it's everything around zero degrees, I would say, maybe minus five or something like this, and usually a little bit above uh, the, the zero degrees, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, now it's what? It's uh, February, isn't it? Yes, yes. Uh, so we're going to... It's coming towards the end of winter, hopefully, over there in Germany, and 
Oh, yeah, slowly spring starts coming up and yeah. uh, it comes off to one of the most beautiful seasons in the year. So your favorite season in Germany is uh, spring? Oh, very much, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's when the uh, cherry blossoms start to uh, come out. Mm. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So even in Germany, but I think that this is something typical for um, uh, the region where you have been studying in, in um, Offenburg. Uh, the state we haven't mentioned yet is the state of Baden-Württemberg. Um, and um, you have a lot of um, uh, um, trees for not only for cherries, uh, cherry trees, but also apple trees and, and pear trees, and they of course all go into into bloom um, in springtime, and uh, it's quite scenic, isn't it? Oh, very much, yes. Mm. I think it's uh, also the warmest region in Germany. It's also the sunniest region in Germany. Mm. Um, so the city with the most sun in Germany is called the city of Freiburg. Mm-hmm. So from Offenburg, that was maybe only about a half hour drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somebody, you know, who's Malaysian, who sees the sun almost every single day, uh, it was nice going to the part of Germany, which was also the sunniest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, sun is not something you should take for granted in Germany. Oh, no. <laughs> If you get it, you really need to enjoy it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as in the UK, Uh, where you neither have a proper winter nor a proper summer. Um, I think the, the, the summer days can also be quite enjoyable, very warm. Uh, and in the past recent years, it became warmer and warmer uh, due to global warming. Um, and uh, I think one thing that I miss a little bit here in Malaysia, thinking about uh, Germany, is uh, the endless summer days, which uh, on the longest day, on the 21st of June, can go uh, until, I think you still have some daylight left until 10 o'clock, 10.30 even. Um, Of course, the further south you go, the shorter the days, but it's not too much of a difference. I don't know whether you can recall um, these summer days. I mean, as a student, you you, you know, you have the best time during summer. It's uh, when you can actually just set up your grill, you have your friends over, um, you have a frisbee and you just grill inside the park. Mm. You know, it's one of my favorite memories. I think mm. uh, all the exams were done and you could finally relax for the year. Mm. I, I think this this is also um, a major difference between Malaysia and and, and Germany. While uh, here, uh, your spare time activity uh, very often centers around going to the shopping mall uh, and uh, I don't know, just just for hanging out, just enjoying um, uh, the air conditioned. Uh, atmosphere in a shopping mall um in germany spare time is usually spent outdoors isn't it oh yeah i mean uh, i lived in the black forest so i literally went outside my door and there was a black forest and one of the things that many germans tend to do is on the weekend they just go hiking Mm -hmm. that's uh i mean you can do hiking here in malaysia as well but the temperature is completely different Uh, you're going And before you even start hiking, you're already sweating here. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in Germany, because the temperatures are really crisp and, uh, you know, you don't sweat that much at the beginning and it's the, it's a very cool heat, I guess. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite uh, spare time activity in, um, in Germany as a student? Oh, God, that was about 10 years ago. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> no, wait, hold on. Uh, my favorite activity in Germany... Oh, I think it was riding my bicycle. Mm-hmm. Okay. You bought a bicycle yeah. when you when you arrived in Germany? I bought a bicycle when I arrived in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no. I bought a bicycle 
in my second semester because I did not know how to ride a bike until I was 21. I was just about to ask this. <laughs> did you know how to ride a bicycle, actually? Because this is something in Germany, absolutely standard, like also swimming. We learned it in school. And uh, I think um, my, my son learned riding the bicycle, actually, when he was uh, three years old, as soon as he arrived in Germany. Um, we uh, we bought him a little a little bicycle uh, without pedals, uh, so he understood the the balance. And then afterwards, he um, graduated to uh, to the next bicycle uh, because we did everything uh, with with our bicycle in Germany. That's essential. And um, for students, it's also absolutely normal to to ride your bicycle, isn't it? Oh yes. Oh God, I loved riding that bicycle. I remember it was this blue uh, Damenrad. So oh. Damenrad, if you yeah, it's very <laughs> fancy with a white basket on the front. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so Damenrad in English, that's like a, a, a woman's bicycle, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, mm -hmm. So it's the one where you can just hop on without having to stretch your legs over the central uh, bar. Mm -hmm. Oh, but I love that thing. It was, it was uh, the initial idea about this uh, without the, um, the center bar in, in the frame is to allow ladies with their skirts to, to get onto this bicycle e more easily. So um, I suppose this also hel helps uh, you with your attire in Germany. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> especially if you wear a sarong, you know, oh, it's, yeah. uh, you just <laughs> flip it over and have you're you really on your been bicycle. wearing a sarong in, in Germany? I think once oh, when it came for the international day. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And you came on your bicycle, which was yes. so convenient. <laughs> <We're not there. laughs> okay, um, we also would like to talk a little bit about uh, study in Germany, of course, but uh, even though uh, we already touched it uh, um, by looking into what um, the student life in, in Germany is, is all about and riding your bicycle uh, back and forth between the university and student hostel is definitely uh, one part of it and also the spare time activity. But nonetheless, uh, we would also like to, to move on um, to our first main uh, topic of uh, the day, which is uh, the big question, why actually is education free in Germany? It's, could you, when you arrived in Germany, make a sense out of this, why Germany is giving education away for free? I had no idea. Mm. Uh, I think when I asked my fellow German colleagues, they used to tell me, well, education in Germany has always been free. It's something that they really fought for. Um, but even for an international student, like, okay, it makes sense if it was free for Germans, but why was it then free for international students as well? Mm. Um, you know, I just took something for free and I was happy with it, so I stopped asking questions. Mm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, the answer to this, um, if I may, is actually um, threefold, and uh, we also need to take um, a history into um, into the perspective in, in answering this question. And um, th there are three um, answers to, to this question. And uh, the first, um, and for me, most important um, uh, explanation for um, tertiary education, free um, studies, is uh, that... Um, Education um, in Germany is considered uh, to be an obligation by the community, for the community, and um, should never be combined with uh, with a business. So we think uh, it's not conducive for education if somebody really is making uh, money uh, out of it. It always should be um, uh, something that the community is doing for the community. And uh, but this this still doesn't um, answer the question why it's also free for international students, right? Um, yeah. 
And the, the answer to this is uh, that in Germany, uh, which is also, in, in my opinion, a beautiful um, explanation, um, we believe um, and we strongly believe in an open society. Uh, this has not always been the case. If you uh, take a look in, in German history, uh, quite the contrary, in, um, during the Second World War, um, the German people were very much uh, um, completely convinced that they are the superior race in the world and they had every right to kill all the other races, which was a devastating uh, period in uh, the German uh, history. And uh, luckily, uh, the German Nazi regime got um, defeated by the Allies. And um, after it, um, Germany had the chance actually to, uh, to reflect on what they had been doing and uh, start all over again with a completely different mindset. It didn't um, start straight away. Uh, in the 50s and uh, 60s, um, the, uh, the generation of the fathers who experienced the, uh, the Second World War and also have been part of, of the Nazi regime um, entirely wanted to forget about what happened during the Second World War and just wanted to look forward and they didn't want to deal with uh, the past anymore. And, and that might also be um, a good explanation why Germany um, developed so fast after the Second World War. And only when um, uh, the student revolution started in uh, the end of the 1960s, uh, in the 1970s, um, the um, generation, uh, the children of uh, the generation that went to war and also supported the Nazi regime, they questioned their parents and asked, so what did you do during the Second World War? What did you do during this uh, horrific Nazi regime? What was your participation? And that was a huge clash between two generations. And um, it basically completely transformed the German society. And uh, one um, maybe interesting um, side information is that out of this student movement, um, the uh, nowadays completely um, established party of uh, the, the Green Party um, emerged. Um, it went into two directions. So in the beginning, we had this uh, student revolution um, and uh, they called themselves um, uh, the opposition outside the uh, parliament, um, a APO in German it is, außer parlamentarische Opposition, and... Um, uh, Germans love the long words. Exactly. Don't <laughs> we don't have this much abbreviations like here in Malaysia, that's absolutely true. <laughs> so we usually stick to, to the long versions. Um, but when you uh, look at uh, how the, the, the student movement um, emerged, um, they eventually uh, went into two different directions. One part said, okay, um, if we really want to make a change in this society, then we need to go into politics. We can't stay outside and just protest. We need to change something from within the system. And another fraction of these students said, um, we can protest as much as we want. Uh, we need to um, uh, put everything into action, and they formed a, t a terrorist group. It didn't, it didn't, it was not planned to be a terrorist group in the beginning, but they were more radical. And um, a, a fantastic uh, film about this is the Bader Meinhof Complex, uh, which is also the names of two of the main characters of this. Uh, um, left-wing terrorist group. Uh, so we had uh, a phase of, of terrorism also um, in Germany.
But afterwards, after the 70s, um, uh, this is how um, uh, the mindset towards the rest of the world completely changed uh, compared to previous times. Um, the economy was emerging. Um, Germany needed um, uh, uh, international workers and recruited them from from the south of, of Europe, from um, Italy and from uh, Greece and uh, then also from Turkey. And we understood very well, actually, that we also need um, international uh, people, international um, students and international skilled uh, workers to come to Germany and, and help us uh, further develop um, our society. And that's true un- until today. So um, this is the reason. They've really integrated themselves into the German culture as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, and I think another a good um, uh, indicator of how open the German society is that um, um, if you go to Germany as a student and, and you graduate, um, you can stay for um, afterwards uh, for uh, 36 uh, months and on your student visa and try to find employment. And if you find employment, then you can stay as long as you like. And after usually after five years of um, employment, uh, paying taxes, you can also apply for the citizenship in, in Germany. So something that is yeah. completely uh, bizarre if I tell this to, to Malaysians here in Malaysia where uh, um, citizenship is something so exclusive, isn't it? I think most Malaysians, when you tell them, yes, you can stay as long as you want, uh, there's got to be like an asterisk there. (laughs) You can stay as long as you want until your parents tell you to come back home Mm. and then you have to come back home. Oh, yeah, 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 true, true. That's also quite an important uh, aspect of of the Malaysian culture, isn't it? Whether you're a a Chinese or an Indian or Malay, um, eventually uh, the pull by the family back in Malaysia is quite strong, isn't it? Yes, yes, it's very strong. Is that also one of the reasons why you decided to come back to Malaysia after your studies oh, over there? that was not my decision to make, Brian. Mm-hmm. Oh, seriously? <laughs> <That was laughs> uh, eldest son in my family. Mm-hmm. So I have an elder sister, but she's settled down in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, my younger brother was studying uh, to be a doctor at the time, so he was based down in JB. And my parents were in KL. So they said, all right, son, in case anything happens, we want you to come back home. So I came back home. Mm, I see, I see. So the eldest yeah. son, yeah? That's the obligation. Yes, that is yes. So that would already be a good advice to to our um, distinguished listeners. Um, If you want to go abroad and stay abroad, better don't be the first son in the family. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, um, um, concerning uh, free education in in Germany. uh, So we already tapped uh, two explanations, um, and uh, I think I already gave hint on on the third one. Um, that the German economy basically needs um, um, an international uh, skilled workforce. Um, and the reason why the demand for, for an international skilled workforce is so high in the last in the recent years is because of the um, demographics in, in Germany. So the German society is a shrinking society, which is quite typical for um, uh, for uh, um, industrialized countries where the tax are very high, like in Germany as well. <laughs> and uh, uh, so the parents are, are very considerate how many children they want to have because the children are also not part of the retirement scheme like uh, like here in Malaysia or in Asian countries in general, I would say. I think it's the joke in Germany, though, that it's cheaper to have dogs than to have kids, isn't it? And that's true. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There, there is an, um, a calculation that um, to, to get your own child uh, through um, education until they, they start earning their own money, um, you could uh, um, also buy a, a small house for it, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's the toss-up, yeah. Okay, so it's either a small house or a child. Exactly, yes. What would you yeah. choose? Ah, decisions, decisions. I already <laughs> I already made up my mind. Uh, you are still open to choose. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, okay. So so uh, um, uh, the demographics are uh, another explanation for uh, why we are so open also to, uh, to um, international students. Um, and uh, behind this is also the interest of, of the industry. And there's also um, a long-term um, goal of uh, attracting international students uh, to Germany. Um, you may know that, that Germany is quite strong in exporting. Um, we are number three after China and uh, Japan. And um, so it really makes sense to, to get international students coming to Germany and experience uh, our strong obsession with uh, quality. And uh, when uh, graduates go back to their, their own country um, and become professionals and start climbing the corporate ladder, um, they will sooner or later be in the position of making decisions uh, for procurement of, of industrial goods if they, if they go to um, uh, the industry sectors. And of course, they will always revert back to uh, what they experience in Germany and prefer German products. So that's uh, a long-term investment, I'd say, um, yes. that uh, may work out for an exporting nation and therefore it's also good for us to to attract international students. That's uh, actually how I got my first job in Germany, mm -hmm. to be honest, uh, after graduating. Um, it's because I could speak uh, German, English and uh, Malay. Mm -hmm. So the English bit really helped out quite a lot. Um, it turned out that the German company I was applying to, the head of that department was a Scottish guy. So the moment I got into the interview, they already knew who I was uh, because they used to come to this Thai restaurant where I was uh, a waiter and uh, they knew I could speak English well, they knew I could speak German well. And the moment I went in for the interview, it wasn't really an interview. Mm -hmm. It was uh, 10 minutes of chit-chatting and then they came out with a contract and said, okay, it's up to you. If you want to take it, it's yours. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful story <laughs> this is. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. With this, we would like to come to our next section, which is called Fun Facts About Germany. And it goes like this, that uh, we ask each other questions we prepared and find out uh, whether uh, we know the answers to it and uh, we take turns in it. And it's if you, uh, would you like to make a start or would you like me to start? I think you can start first. Okay, my first question to you. True or false? The oldest university in Germany is 635 years old. Is this true or is it false? 635 years old. That means what? We're in 2020. So let's say 2000. So 1400s. Hmm. I'm going to go with false. You would say it's false? Do you think it's uh, too much of a stretch? The German I universities are much younger or? I think they're much older than that. They're much older than that. What do you reckon? How old are they? I would go maybe about 800 to 900 years 800 old. to 900 years. Okay, good. Uh, so let me reveal the answer. The answer is, uh, it's true. Um, do you know, oh. do you know which one is the oldest university in, in, in Germany? If I had to fathom a guess, I would say Heidelberg. That's absolutely correct. So the University of Heidelberg was established in uh, 1386. Um, and I had to look up the other ones. I knew this one already, but uh, the other ones on the list, um, I had to look up. And many of them are um, 
in East Germany. Leipzig University was established in 1409, University of Rostock in 1419, University of Greifswald 1456. And then you already mentioned uh, this city before uh, with the most uh, sunny days in Germany is University of Freiburg established in 1457. And then to also name one of the apex universities in Germany, LMU Munich University 1472. So we have a long list of universities which have been established quite a while ago, not uh, 800, 900 years ago, uh, but <laughs> in the 14th century. Actually, uh, I didn't know the numbers previously, and I always thought that they must have been established um, something around the uh, the period um, uh, be before Enlightenment, of course, but slightly before humanism, uh, the emerging of humanism. But uh, it's quite interesting that they're even older. Okay, um, now you can ask me the next question. Okay, uh, let's bring on some German sports now. Mm. Uh, so Germany's biggest, uh, I'd say, enemy for football. So we're talking about football or soccer if you're in America. So Germany's biggest uh, competitor uh, for football is England. True or false? <laughs> um, of course. <laughs> hey. You should have you should have considered uh, the questions a little bit better. Uh, you know that I'm also half British. Uh, of course, this is this is true. We have a long rivalry, um, and uh, the uh, the British side in in me says, uh, um, yeah, it's it's devastating. We also have a, have a saying in the UK that uh, um, soccer game, a football game, is is uh, ninety minutes long, and in the end, Germany is the winner. So out of the frustration, <laughs> actually, that. Uh, um, Germans uh, seem to be performing in the last couple of years very, very well, uh, especially during World Championship. Uh, there's this strong rivalry between uh, Germany and England. Is it? Is it correct? It's it's false, actually. Oh, is it? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was so sure about English, it. I think your English side uh, got the better view there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're English, Germany is considered to be your biggest rival. Mm -hmm. But if you're German, they don't consider the English to be good at football anyway. Mm -hmm. They actually, <laughs> they consider the Netherlands to be their uh, biggest opponents. Oh, yes, that's true. We have, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and uh, the Netherlands are very strong during World Cups usually. I mean, uh, the last, uh, I don't know, the last time they, or the previous uh, World Cup, they didn't perform this much, uh, this well, but but usually they, they're also strong competitors. That's true. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And we have a very... Uh, beloved uh, relationship with the Netherlands and also a very competitive <laughs> when it comes to, to football. Absolutely true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I went already down the path convinced <laughs> that I was right. But, oh, thank you. Yeah. Your English side took over, Yeah, Brian. my English side took over. That's true. Okay. Fantastic. Next question. Um, let me see. Uh, also related uh, to, um, to sports. Um, Adidas and Puma were founded by two German brothers. Is this true or false? Uh, this one I know because my younger brother told me about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's true. Okay. Second question. What are the names of the two brothers? Do you know this one? Okay, I know Adidas. Um, that's actually from his name. So it's actually Adi Dasla. Adi Dasla. Absolutely Adi correct. Dasla, Fantastic. Yes. yes, yes. But the brother's name, I don't know. Yeah. So um, his name is, is Adolf Dasla. And of course, uh, after 
Um, the Nazi regime, uh, it was not uh, so popular to, to be called Adolf anymore, so he uh, um, renamed himself into Adi, uh, also as a short form, uh, Adi Dassler, and his uh, brother was uh, Rudolf Dassler. And um, they had their first uh, major uh, breakthrough and uh, also received world recognition in 1936 during the Olympics, which uh, happened in Germany, in Berlin, and where um, Jesse Owens was also wearing mm -hmm. their shoes. At that time, uh, the company was called Geda Shoes. Uh, so Geda stands for brothers, Gebrüder. Um, and then Da is for, for Dassler, Gebrüder, Dassler Shoes, Geda. And, um, but during the, uh, the Second World War, they had to pause their production of shoes because the, everything was converted into, into uh, weapon production. And uh, Rudolf was also drafted uh, to, to be a soldier during the Second World War. His um, elder brother, um, Ali, was not drafted. And, uh, but why are there two companies, actually? So that's also an interesting uh, story. There are actually two um, interesting facts about this, and I think it's also two fun facts. In, um, they split up in 1948, and one of the reasons was the brothers lived together in, in a huge house, in a villa, in Herzogenaurach, uh, but the wives uh, didn't come along at all. So they were continuously fighting, and uh, um, apparently they also dragged their husbands into this fight. And another aspect uh, that caused the split of the brothers was that uh, Rudolf always suspected his brother Adi to be behind his uh, conscription um, into the army. So that's quite something. It is not proven, but, but he was always suspicious about this. And um, as a result, Adi founded his own uh, company, Adidas, so which is the short form for Adidasla. And Rudolf started his own company. At the beginning, he wanted to call it Ruder, which is quite a stupid name. So then he decided uh, to uh, rename it after a powerful animal, a puma. And the, both companies were fierce competitors, um, and they had a different um, um, approach uh, in, in their company philosophy. While um, Adidas um, was immediately focusing more on uh, product development, um, Puma was more sales-oriented and was always thinking about um, how to, to sell more, especially more shoes than, than uh, Adidas. And another amazing fun fact, which I also didn't know before, uh, before I did the research here is, um, so the fun fact is not that they died. Of course, they died eventually. Rudolf died in 1974, um, Adi uh, Dasla in 1978. But they are buried on uh, the same cemetery, but on the oh. opposite ends of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a cute story, isn't it? Oh, man. To be so hateful of your brother that you des uh, decide, actually, even after your death, you want to be as far as possible away from it on the uh, opposite side <laughs> of the cemetery. Uh, hilarious. Okay. Actually, uh, back to the name Adolf uh, mm -hmm. from Adi. Um, so what I didn't know was my ex-wife's grandfather was actually called Adolf. Is that true? Okay. Yes. And the entire time I was, uh, this was before I knew it, I used to say to her, God, who names the kid Adolf? And she would give me this really dirty stare. <laughs> and then she would say, Opa is called Adolf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely. That was your German girlfriend, I suppose. That was uh, ex-wife, German ex-wife. Oh, German ex-wife. Okay, okay. <laughs> You live and learn. <laughs> yes, it, it was a common name actually in in a certain yeah. uh, certain uh, part of, of 
German history and uh, not so much anymore nowadays. So uh, please, our distinguished listener, if you go to Germany, uh, don't do the, the very stupid uh, mistake of asking <laughs> Germans where the statues of Adolf Hitler are. Uh, because, oh, yeah, th this happens sometimes, right? Or, yeah. or foreigners actually saying, ah, oh, Germany was such a great nation actually during the Second World War. Too bad you lost it. <laughs> so this is what some of the of the don'ts that you uh, should should avoid being in Germany. I suppose you you yeah. realized that also very fast, did you? Oh, yeah, I think uh, we could even maybe make a list of the do's and don'ts uh, mm -hmm. while studying in Germany. That might be a good idea for the next uh, few episodes. Mm. Okay, your next question. Shoot. All right. Um, everybody knows. So this is one is for the petrol heads out there. But everybody knows about the German Autobahn. So the German highway. Mm -hmm. And is it true or false that all of the highways in Germany do not have a speed limit? That's a good question. I know that in general, in Germany, there's no speed limit in general. Uh, but uh, I th uh, I, uh, in certain areas of the highway, there's sometimes a speedway. Uh, so I I reckon the correct answer for this one is this is false. That's true. Yeah, it's false. Uh, uh, you're correct. Uh, it's actually 65% of the highways in Germany have no speed limit. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's also, uh, if you do your driver's license in Germany, which you have to if you have a Malaysian license. So if you do your German driver's license, the minimum speed limit in order to enter the highway is 80 kilometers per hour. Mm -hmm. So your car has to be able to have at least, to reach at least 80 kilometers per hour mm -hmm. if you want to go onto the German Autobahn. Mm. And, and you're also supposed to drive um, around 130 kilometers uh, when you're on, on the German highway. Uh, you're expected to do this uh, because in Germany, we don't want uh, participants on, on the motorway to, to slow the rest of the traffic down. So uh, you should drive at least 130. So that's uh, something that is yeah. recommended. Um, What's the fastest you've ever driven on the autobahn? Um, it was 250 um, because um, it was a rental. Um, and actually, <laughs> it's um, um, I organized the trip for a Malaysian delegation because I was working for a Malaysian university at that time. And I also wanted to wanted them to experience a German culture. <laughs> so I, I rented, a, um, um, what was it, a 5 Series BMW. And from Frankfurt, we went down to, to Karlsruhe and there's a long stretch of just straight highway and you can go as fast as possible and uh, the traffic allowed it. So I just uh, uh, pushed it to, to the metal. Um, and um, yeah, we went 250 and um, the conversation became, became relatively quiet in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and when we arrived, actually, there, there was this strong sigh also coming from, from uh, the, the delegation. <laughs> And then uh, in, in the opening discussions in the small talk, they said, uh, that was an, an interesting experience, Mr. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the memories I, I treasure, yeah. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah. How, far, how uh, fast did you go on the highway? I think it was also around 250, mm -hmm. 230. Mm -hmm. um, that was also a rental car. Mm -hmm. So this was back at... Uh, with my previous company back in Germany. Oh, fantastic, yeah. Yeah, the issue with uh, rentals is uh, they are limited to, to 250. You can't go faster than, than that. Otherwise, I, of course, I would have. I was <laughs> young and wild and wanted to, to go all the limit and test it out to the limits. Okay. Um, another question for you. Germany okay. is the official language, uh, sorry, German is the official language in four countries. 
in four countries. Not in one, not in two, but in four countries. True or false? Four countries. Okay. Going to go with true. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know that I'm going to ask you which countries they are. <laughs> okay. <sighs> so, of course, Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have Austria. Mm -hmm. Guessing Switzerland as well. Yes. And one more. No. You said it's true, so you need to go three more. Uh, sorry, uh, two more. Uh, wait, no, two more. Many, uh, uh, one more. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I already, I already <laughs> gave it away. I'm sorry. Uh, the correct answer is five countries. It's not five four. Countries. It's five countries. But you, five. you need to name me at least one more, and then I can, okay. I can add on. <laughs> uh, okay, so I said Germany, Austria, Switzerland, correct. Belgium. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Belgium? Belgium? No, Belgium is uh, is not correct. They speak two languages. They speak uh, Flemish and and uh, French of, as uh -huh. their official language, but not German. Uh, Liechtenstein? Oh, fantastic. Lovely. You've been in the right region. You know uh, the surrounding countries in the, in the south. Uh, they also speak German. Absolutely correct. Liechtenstein is a very small country between Austria and Switzerland, and uh, they also speak German there as well. And uh, the fifth country is uh, Luxembourg. Ah, yes, Luxembourg. Luxembourg, the country where Germans love to park their money that they uh, that they earned <laughs> in their lifetime, and they want to, and when they don't want to pay taxes for it in Germany. <laughs> but uh, no, no, I'm, I'm just joking. This I don't think this occurs it's a anymore. Life hack for the it's future. It's life hack. Right? Actually, <laughs> if, you, if you're very well off and you want to park your money somewhere where uh, you don't have to pay taxes for it, uh, consider Luxembourg. Uh, this this uh, podcast, by the way, is not sponsored by Luxembourg in any way. So we we are free to say whatever we would like. Um, and in in addition to these five countries, um, Germany is also spoken in northern Italy um, because this borders to uh, to Switzerland and also to to Austria and uh, and also in the Alsace Lorraine area. Uh, you should be familiar with it, uh, having studied in Offenburg. Mm -hmm. Yes, very much. It's uh, if any Malaysians want to experience something very similar to that region, I think the closest we have here in Malaysia is the Kolmar um, Park, um, which is, where is that? It's in uh, Pahang, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, this is already the state of Pahang, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, have you been there? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a travesty of a French town, and especially uh, I love Malaysia in, in so many uh, uh, ways actually, I think I should be allowed to uh, also raise a little bit of criticism. And Coma Tropical is is not in my <laughs> favor uh, because it's the uh, very much the plastic version of of Colmar, uh, which is a, a, be a stunningly beautiful city. I I really understand why um, the founder of Colmar Tropical wanted to um, um, make a copy of it uh, here in Malaysia. Um, yes, H haven't you been to Colmar Tropical? I did when I think it when it first opened, so everything was still quite mm -hmm. new and fresh. Yeah, everything was well maintained at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I haven't been there for years now. Go go to um, Europe and experience uh, uh, the real deal with with Colmar. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. It's very stunning. Uh, go also to Strasbourg. This is where uh, you it's have been living next door on the other side of the Rhine. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, uh, the whole area of uh, um, of the Alzac is, is absolutely beautiful. And also the, the German side, right? Uh, and the state of uh, Baden-Württemberg, absolutely beautiful oh, yes. region. 
Okay, with this, we have come to the end of, um, of our podcast. Um, if you'd like to know more about um, study and research in Germany, come and visit our website, which is DAD-Malaysia. Um, and we have regular info sessions for um, students who are interested to pursue their uh, bachelor or their master in Germany, do a PhD over there. Uh, or a postdoc and next week we will continue with uh, the exciting um, topic why to study in Germany and uh, we try to find many good reasons but we know there are very good reasons uh, why to study in, in Germany and with this oh, yes. we would like to thank you for your attention and hope to see you next week well, thank you so much and take care bye